Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Coors Light Husky Honks Talk postgame. Frost brewed Coors Light. Keeping Seattle chill. Powered by your Northwest Chevy dealers, it's time for the Husky Honks on your home for the Huskies. Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Pitch to Moore. Moore gets stuck at the one-yard line, and the ball is loose. It's loose. Down to the goal line, and the Huskies come away with it. And running onto the field, the Huskies are going to win the football game. All right, dog fans, we are back here at Husky Stadium, an overtime thriller on Montlake, 31-24, the final. Huskies get the win in overtime tonight over the California Golden Bears, and maybe right there for Damian Moore. They'll call this his mistake by the lake, and the fumble led to the win tonight by UW in overtime. It wasn't pretty in a lot of ways, but you'll take it. Uh, anyway, you can get the W and crawl out of an 0-2 hole and get back to 2-2. Two and two. I think everybody is on board for that. The Honk Postgame Show, powered by your local Northwest Chevy dealers, sponsored by Chevy Silverado. With a choice of eight engines, you can be sure to have the right tool for the job with Silverado in Silverado HD. Well, this is a game, guys, where it looked like UW was just going to give California one too many chances to hang around and seal the deal and complete this comeback. We end up going to overtime. The Huskies get a touchdown on not one, not two, but three direct snaps to Sean McGrew in the Wildcat formation. It finally pays off with the touchdown. Uh, California has the ball at the one-yard line. It looked like both Jackson Sermon and Cam Williams may have gotten there at the same time to knock that ball loose. Recovered by Ryan Bowman and the Huskies escape tonight with a 31-24 win, Greg Lewis over Cal. Your thoughts? Well, I'd say uh, the way things have gone against Cal the last couple of years, stealing a win against them or pulling one out or whatever you want to call it is something I'll take. They've stolen a few from us. So, you know, turnabout is fair play, as they say. Um, I think the Huskies in the first half look like a real good football team. Three out of the four possessions, they go down, they score a touchdown, they're in rhythm, they're a passing team like I talked about. They're throwing the ball oh, yeah. really well all over the field. Uh, they're missing their star tight end. What happens, Devin Culp, the kid who had the big drop last week, plays a good football game. So at the end of the day, uh, it was nail-biting time, but the Huskies came out with a win. Coach? He was the leading receiver in the game. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how, how perfect for him after that drop last week of a sure touchdown pass. But to come in, and he played a whole lot of the game Obviously, there's a, a mystery surrounding Kate Otten that we didn't see any of him. But, uh, you know, uh, Culp played a great game. He was the leading receiver and uh, I thought did an excellent job of blocking. But, you know, across the board, it was one of these things where you're going, we're not going to let this get away, are yeah. we? Yeah. 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 And then I got so sick of the next 
that last play is under review. <laughs> and then they got to run all the way down the field to the 20-yard line down here, these two old officials. And then they go all the way back, and they go, the next play is under review. Come on. How many reviews? I, I mean, I got sick of the officials calling wow. Wow. Stuff. I mean, wait. Are you are you discriminating against senior citizens now? Yeah, you are. Okay, yeah. Yeah. because you can do that because you are a senior citizen. No, okay? no, yeah, I could outrun those guys down <laughs> to the thing. You know, and it's under review. It is under review. Well, the whole thing was about to be under review yeah. under a microscope yeah. if yeah. that last play had not happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, Greg, there's an alternate universe out there somewhere where California wins this game, and we're having a much different conversation right now. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, up? you're slashing your wrists. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to someone before I came up here, and I said, you know, the difference between a good post-game show and a bad one was that fumble down on the two-yard line. And I think the second half, we put too much pressure on our defense to be perfect mm. and to get stops every single time. And then we get in a position where we give them an opportunity to kick a field goal to win at the end of the game, yeah. which I still can't figure out right. why, why we gave them that opportunity. That's something that, you know, you got to go back and look at, did we handle that situation right? So there were a lot of things, I think, that put us in that position, not getting first downs, not being able, and as much as I said we're a passing team and we had some good things going in the passing game, you got to be able to run in certain situations. If you can't run the football yep. late in the game to get to a drive, and whether you get – a touchdown or a field goal to make it a two possession game, then there's something you got to fix because we're going to play some teams where we have to be able to run the ball. No, no doubt. And we can talk about a lot of things in this game. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of positives, and obviously there are a ton of things to clean up before you head to Corvallis next Saturday to take on the Beavers. You guys want to hop on the air with us, 286-9595-800-829-0950. We'll grab a few calls, obviously, before the night is over. Get your thoughts on this game. But, uh, you know, let's just talk about the uh, the uh, big story. Uh, we find out in the pregame that Trent McDuffie's not going to play. Then we find out that Kate Otten is in COVID-19 protocol for whatever reason he's not playing Jack Westover did not play in this game tonight uh Buki Radley Hiles got banged up in the second half and misses the entire fourth quarter and overtime so you see a lot of cam fab out there with Cam Williams as your safeties in this game uh you score 21 points in the first half you score three points in the second half before you're driving overtime uh the Huskies get to first and goal at the 10 and they settle for a field goal first and 10 from the Cal 37 they fumble the ball away courtesy of Kamari Pleasant first and 10 from the Cal 34 and a missed field goal. That's three drives inside the Cal 37 where the Huskies walk away with three points and that is exactly why California was in this game until the overtime session. Yep. You're right. <laughs> there you go. You're right. Greg, your thoughts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, obviously, um, you got to find a way to get points on the board when you have the ball yep. on the opponent's side of the field. I thought in the first half, we went three drives after that first three and out where we scored touchdowns. And we were yeah. in a good rhythm. They were mixing it up well. They were motioning. They were shifting. They were throwing the ball on the screens. They were getting timely runs. In the second half, it seemed like once they kind of got out of their rhythm a little bit in the play calling, that they kind of got lost a little bit because we were throwing the ball on third and ones. We were actually running the ball on second and longs right. uh, and putting ourselves in third and longs. So there was kind of a bad feeling on, you know, we didn't know what to do and how to do it in order to sustain drives. And our third down conversion rate dropped significantly in the second half. And theirs went up. 
And yep. there you go. You got to complete third downs, and you can't allow your opponents to do it. And they scored fourteen, what fourteen to three in the second half. Yeah, that was put us in that bad position. There's so much that you don't know about why plays are called the way they are. Mm-hmm. Did a quarterback check out of something? Right. Did, he, did he? Did he? Did he? Did he run the play that was called? Mm-hmm. Did he? Did he change the play? But the third and two fade route down here to McMillan. I, I just don't understand what happened. Yeah. I mean, he had a guy open, I think, in the flat as well. He could have checked down for an easy first down. You need two yards, and you throw the ball up to Jalen McMillan on what really looked like a 50-50 ball. So is, is that Dylan Morris checking out of a play into a pass play? Is that the number one option that John Donovan gave Dylan Morris? Because a lot of ways, the game could have been lost right then and there. California gets the ball back. We have the timeout fiasco, which we can talk about in a second. The guy misses a 57-yard field goal when his longest was 52. So that was kind of a prayer to begin with going this way. It was way short, but that play right there had a lot of people scratching their heads, Yeah, Greg. and I'm not talking about necessarily specific play calls. I'm just talking about the rhythm in which the plays are sure. being called. Right. It felt like you're guessing, you're pulling stuff out of your hat, and you know, you're know you not going to have a good opportunity to really be successful when you're doing that. you got to kind of have a, when we're in this situation, this is how we do it. When we're in this you know play call, down in distance, these are our four or five plays that we go to. And it didn't seem like that was the case at all. It was like, uh, let's try this one. Hmm. And they weren't successful. Yeah, it, it, it feels, Dick, like even though you won the game, that there's more conversations about what went wrong than what went right because this was at one point, what, a 24, I believe, to 10 game, and it kind of felt like the Huskies were kind of in cruise control. I mean, Kyler Gordon had a magnificent day. Trent McDuffie is out. Mish Powell gets the start. You were talking earlier about how you were surprised that Cal maybe didn't pick on him Mm -hmm. a little bit more, but, man, if I'm an NFL scout, and there were a ton of them at the game tonight, I'm watching Kyler Gordon thinking that guy can play at the next level. That pick he had on the far sideline there across the way, Mm -hmm. that pirouette he did where he, he just tipped uh, tippy taps on the sideline. It looked like Tyler Lockett catching a football, and then he has a big open field tackle on fourth down here to stop a drive for Cal. I mean, th- that was a defensive performance of the week type performance by Kyler Gordon today. No question. Uh, and uh, he more than made up for the loss of McDuffie. Right. Although I would sure like to have McDuffie back next Both week. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I'm I mean, thinking. You know, come on. That, uh, I mean, when Coach Harbaugh says, hey, we looked at their two corners. Corners, we decide we're not going to throw the ball. Yeah, that that was that's a real thing. We have two great corners, and we missed one today. Absolutely, so. and I mean, Greg, you see a guy like Gordon, the game he had, you thinking, wait a minute, he's been on campus for four years, he's eligible to take off for the NFL. That may have been one of the last times you get to see Kyler Gordon <laughs> well, play in person here. Well, I hope not because I hope he's so a fantastic too. Football player, but you know, just kind of following up on what we said a minute ago, if I'm Cal. I've thrown the ball at Kyler Gordon multiple times. He's got two interceptions. I know. Why are you going passes. back to the well? You got yeah. a guy, and no disrespect to Michelle Powell, love yeah. the kid. He's did he's the best one of those he could. Kids that you know earned it. You know he he had some smaller school scholarship offers. He chose to walk on here, and now you find yourself starting in this game that means a lot to your team. He made some nice. He plays. made some nice plays, yeah. but if I'm Cal. I'm going to keep taking my shots on that side of the field because you keep taking shots on the other side of the field, you get two interceptions. 
And that's what I didn't fully understand about what Cal was doing. Yeah, I mean, it just looked to me like they, they also weren't ready for Chase Garbers on the ground, which is kind of uh, – it's, it's a little we stunning. We talked about because it. Because we yeah. talked about it. They that's exactly to. my point. But, they, they but he was running all over these guys. And, again, you look at Garbers, 16 carries for 71 yards. Seems kind of, you know, whatever, harmless, all right, kind of nondescript. But where did those yards come <laughs> on third and short, on second and short? He was constantly the converting touchdown. a touchdown. He's running right up the middle you had that one play here where it looked like maybe jeremiah martin had a crack at him but he missed him in the backfield there was no safety there to meet him at the goal line it it, it felt to me like they really weren't ready to handle chase garbers as a running quarterback i don't think anybody is i think that the guy is just a special player and he's he's skilled enough and he's played enough that he sees that opening he takes it and goes yeah. and we talked about that in the pregame you get your linebackers dropping good 15-yard deep drops, as soon as he reads that, there's nobody to pick him up. He gets by Tule and Taki. They're, yeah. they're not going to run him down. Yeah. So he, he just had, he had the quicks, and he was the, the leading ground gainer in the whole game. Absolutely, yeah, 16 carries for 71 yards. And the other thing, if I'm, if I'm Jimmy, you know, watching this tape, I mean, the, 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 there is just so much to work on this week in practice. You had, you had coverage busts all over the field. Maybe part of that was because McDuffie wasn't playing. You certainly have to take the, that into consideration. But they had a play, I think it was to Crawford, a post route here where he had beaten Alex Cook by three or four steps, and Garber just totally overthrew him. We had more on the touchdown scamper here in the, in the corner in the south. Southwest yep. corner. He's totally unchecked, unguarded, walks right into the end zone. What led to all those busts, you think? Well, obviously there were some blown assignments that happened out there today. We were talking about the touchdown they scored in the goal line. You had two wide receivers in the end zone, wide open, one safety. I think Buki was there. Yeah, Buki. Where, two tight ends. Where was the corner? Right. Mm-hmm. Where were the corners? I think the where corner the outside went over. Guys? I think yeah. it went over. So um, there were some busts. There were some definitely some busts out there today. The defensive secondary made some big plays. But, like, uh, I'll use this again. We said in the post, in the pregame, yeah. sometimes the secondary gaveth, and sometimes it, it took us away. <laughs> well, absolutely. And they need Buki back for sure. I mean, let's, uh, let's cross our fingers and hope he's back for the Oregon State game. But uh, it, it, it really is. And I'm actually shocked, Dick, that we are sitting here after the next last 10 minutes and you haven't bitten my head off yet for the way this postgame show has gone <laughs> in the last 10 minutes. You know why? Because they won the game, Dave. That's they won the game. It. But man, there's a boatload to work on coming out of this game. This team has got to get better if they want to make a run in this conference. You just got to beat Oregon State, Dave. That's all there is. Can they beat Oregon State playing the way they played today? Probably not. Okay, there you go. Wow. (laughs) That's a hell of an admission by him. That doesn't happen very often. And you're going down there. Right this time down. Yeah, they're coming off a huge win. Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to be jacked up and all that. Here's the thing. They put up 45 points or something. Yeah, 42, right. Yep. Here's the thing. We escaped with a win. We came out one today. You know, fate hasn't been kind to us. Every game we've had a key guy hurt. We've had a key guy out. But there are guys who stepped up and made plays. Kyler Gordon made plays today. Devin Cope made plays today. Rome Odunzi mm-hmm. made some plays. really good nice key plays today as well. So that's what you got to do when guys are out and guys are down or guys are having bad games. Yeah. Other guys got to step up. The quarterback didn't turn the ball over today. He threw it was, out of bounds. He threw it out of bounds. He got rid of it. So I thought that was mm-hmm. a positive thing. Our quarterback wasn't 
clean all the time, but he wasn't under duress all the time. Right. I think we kept him upright for the most part. I think yeah. we only gave up one sack. Yeah. So there were some good things, but there's some other things that weren't great. I can tell you one thing that I didn't like, there were some missed tackles again, and those yep. things come back to hunt you. They actually got a touchdown on the sideline where our defender – I'm not going to call a kid out, but our defender had the sideline leverage and he let the quarterback, uh, I think it was a quarterback who get down the sideline or no, actually it wasn't the quarterback, but he let the guy get down the sideline and score a touchdown. Yeah, it's nice of you not to lay the kid out, but no, it was I a linebacker and he yeah. wore number 43. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I'm just saying, you know, the, the, there were some things that definitely put us in the position where we had to scratch and fight and claw so the good news is, is you won a football game without some of your best players and right. not play your best football. You still got Yes, win. that is what I would point to, yeah. to yeah. be honest that's with what you. I'm say. If I were doing a radio show <laughs> after a Husky win, that's yeah. what I would say. I don't Absolutely. know what you guys are going to say. That's yeah, you your problem. Emphasize okay? the positive. I, exactly. No, I would say, look, there's a lot of issues, and I think the timeout fiasco is something that's worth talking about. We'll dive into that and talk about that a lot, of course, during the week. But you, you won a football game without your best offense of player in Kate Otten without maybe your best cover corner in Trent McDuffie. You had a guy who's been starting for you at running back that for whatever reason was Didn't not available today in yeah. Richard Newton. He was in uniform, but he Did wasn't play. playing. I don't know what that is all about. Is he back he in Jimmy's doghouse? Well, it's kind of like after three games, he takes a hiatus. Isn't that what happened last yeah, year? Well, I mean, what is going on? You tell me. Well, well I think I no think, Westover. Yeah. Right. I think they play. I think they play the guy who's playing the best at the time. I think they practice during the week. The coaches see who's playing well. I have a suspicion that maybe he's banged up a little bit. Okay. I'm not yeah. sure on that. Yeah. But Richard Newton is a power. He's a guy who takes a lot of contact. If he's got a banged up shoulder, because I saw him flexing a little bit, then that makes him less effective. Yeah. And I think. You know, I like McGrew. I said last week I'm changing my mind about him. Maybe we should get him in the game more. And I like the fact that we did. But the fact that we had to run him between the tackles, you know, up, you know, time and time again, that's not a recipe for a great success story for him because yeah. he gets a great, you know, play. Then the next time he gets hit and he goes down he goes right down away. He's, he's kind of light. He didn't bring a lot of luggage with him when he's running up the middle. I don't understand the whole McGrew thing myself, to be honest with you. I don't understand where he was in the first two weeks of the year. I know Dick is about in 3-2-1, going to say let it go. we got to move on. It's in the <laughs> yeah. past. There's nothing you can yeah. do about it. Focus on Oregon State, blah, blah, blah. The next play is there you go. I understand Exactly. I understand <laughs> all that. But I'm watching tonight. I'm watching last week thinking I don't think we lose to Montana with Sean McGrew on the field. I, I, I think a guy like that could have made a difference in that game in the exact fashion that you're talking about, Greg getting him out into space and letting him use his athletic ability against lesser athletes, especially in the Montana game. The Michigan game, they were losing against Michigan no matter what. They couldn't stop the run. There's no way they're winning that game against the Wolverines. So did Sean McGrew's practice habits all of a sudden click and get better for a guy that's been here for six years? All of a sudden, the light came on for Sean McGrew the week before the Arkansas State game. I don't get that. So, look, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out, but I think Greg is right, Dick, and what, what he said in the pregame show, and it kind of bore fruit today that this is a passing team now. It's a team that likes to throw the football. Their best athletes and their high producers on offense are all through the air. All receivers, Don't you think? Right? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we, we're locking our tight end again. I mean, that that's a big mystery, but, you know, 
I I was just pleased that the kids hung in there. That's the game. You know, yeah. you hang in there and give yourself a chance to win, and they did. They made the big play at the end and won the game. Well, the play at the end was phenomenal. I mean, i got to be honest with you. First and goal, whatever it was, from the two-yard line, I'm thinking this is going to second OT, and we're this close from having to alternate two-point plays. And then Jackson Sermon and Cam Williams came in. Ryan Bowman picked it up. And if you're more the running back for California, I don't know how many times you've been in that scenario or you as a player where you fumble at the goal line, but that's got to be make you sick. So I, I didn't do it in college, but when I was in the NFL, we had a chance to put a game away. I'm going in, scored a touchdown, games, pretty much the game's over. I try to reach the ball over the goal line. The Minnesota Vikings knock it out of my hand, and they proceed to march all the way down to the other end of the field. <laughs> Every time they got a first down, Dan Reeves cursed me out and called me every name but Greg Lewis. And then you, <laughs> and then you got a pink slip on Monday. Well, what ended up happening, I would have, but what ended up happening is they ran out of time on the six they got from R2 all the way down to six. Had they scored a touchdown, my career would have been a, a couple of years shorter. Right. Let's uh, do this. We're going to break. Come back with some of your phone calls. Husky Honk postgame show sponsored by Chevy Trailblazer with eight advanced safety features, standard and available all-wheel drive. Trailblazer is ready for whatever. We're going to break. Huskies win it in overtime, 31-24. Uh, but it kind of feels like a lot of questions, man, after a game like this, is uh, uh, especially heading into Corvallis next week where you're right, Dick. Uh, the Beavers put up 45 tonight against USC. Yeah. They outscored the Trojans 24 to 10 in the second half. Uh, we're going to break some of your phone calls. 286-9595-800-829-0950. Husky Honks continue next right here on 950 KJR. The Chevy Silverado Trail Boss is designed to stand out. Because when you have a two-inch lift. The Huskies have it at the 35-yard line. Kyler Gordon comes up with the pick, and Trent McDuffie owes him a video game. Lost the bet to his fellow corner. Now back to the Coors Light Husky Honks Talk postgame. Brought to you by your Northwest Chevy dealers on your home for the Huskies. Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. All right, your final here tonight at UW, uh, 31-24. Dogs win it in overtime. Dylan Morris, 19 of 32, 234, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Huskies get 16 carries for 53 and a couple of scores from Sean McGrew, including the game winner on a direct snap in overtime in which they had uh, Dylan Morris lined up as the wide receiver to the right side as a decoy. They ran that play, I think, three times in a row and finally got it done. Uh, Huskies go 30 carries, 92 yards, a hard time running the football, but in the end getting some stuff done through the air. Kate Otten does not play because of COVID contact tracing protocol, and now there's some thought that he may not be available for next week's game uh, against Oregon State. I don't know if Kate Otten is vaccinated or not. I have no idea what his personal preferences are. But if he's not vaxxed and he did come into contact with somebody who has COVID, then he has to sit out the appropriate time, and that would include potentially next week's game in Corvallis against Oregon State. Devin Culp, five uh, catches on six targets for 81 yards. And Roma Dunze, uh, finally tonight, uh, gets back on the field for the first time uh, this season. We saw some screen plays to wide receivers. How about that? We've been talking about that all year long, and you finally saw it tonight. Well, that's one way to slow down a rush, although I don't think these guys really came with as much heat as we've seen uh, of the other opponents. Uh, I, I, did, I tried, to, tried to guess when they were going to be blitzing, and they really played coverage more right. often than they did come with the, the heat. You know, that surprised you, by the way? Uh, they didn't blitz oh. Demo more? 
A little bit, but yeah. you know, when you're blitzing all the time, you're taking chances of getting up, giving up a big play, and they've already given up yeah. quite a few big plays. So you know that might have been something today. They decided that they weren't going to take the chance. But you know, you mentioned the screens out to the wide receivers out wide. Right. One of the benefits of having the large wide receiver that we talked about, those guys can block. Yeah, I, know. I mean, those guys put hands hey, on defensive backs, and it was eight or nine yards every time they ran that play. And Udunze yeah. is the biggest of all of them, and he Strong really dude. did a great job out yeah. there. Is it's it a Dunze or a Dunze, by the way? Or just call him Rome. I think yeah, we we'll all just know who you're talking Rome, about. Yeah. Husky Honks brought to you by Chevy Colorado with a two-inch lift, multi-matic shocks, and a choice of two engines. Colorado ZR2 is more than just a pretty face. All right, Dave in West Seattle, you're on with the Honks. Go ahead, Dave. What's happening? Hey, guys. Uh, great win tonight. Um, I am a little concerned. Well, I'm actually a lot concerned as we get into conference play. Ryan Bowman, Savelle Smalls, Braylon Trice, Cooper McDonald. I keep waiting for some combination of these guys to get consistent heat on the quarterback, and I'm just not seeing it through four games. Would welcome your thoughts. Greg, go ahead. Take well, that one. We, we talked about the need for pressure on the quarterback, and we found ways to do it scheme-wise. And frankly, we've used our secondary quite a bit to get pressure on quarterbacks. And if you're going to be consistently good on defense as we get into the meat of conference play, because I'm going to tell you, blitzing a lot of secondary guys when we play UCLA and some of the teams with big, you know, Oregon, that's a recipe for, you know, risk. And you might give up a big touchdown. So we do have to find out a way. You know, we talk about ZTF possibly being healthy at some point. We know he can bring the heat. But some of these other guys are going to have to develop right. and find a way to get pressure with just your four guys instead of having to bring all the secondary. Yeah, considering that Buki might be our leading sack guy <laughs> on the season and most of the pressure that we've been getting have become from the corners and safeties on hard edge, which is what they did against us in running situations. Right. Again, you know, people are coming up, coming off, they'll, they'll bring a, a safety up or a linebacker up and bring them un, unblocked. And when you're running the deep read zone type thing, you, you get they get there before you get there. What I'm, what I'm thinking about now as we talk about this, is there a way for us uh, with stunts and things like that to get our inside linebackers involved in the pass rush game to get Ulofosio and maybe Tafisi and those guys in the backfield putting a little pressure on the quarterback through some A-gap blitzes and that sort of thing. So maybe that's a route when you're playing a team that's a little more dynamic on the outside. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you mentioning MJ. I thought mm -hmm. Tafisi was all around the field. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he was really hustling today. I, I would not be surprised to see him uh, get more playing time because he definitely showed. Yeah. And, and actually both the young linebackers uh, Hamuli uh, uh, mm -hmm. played played really well but Tafisi in particular really flew around today. Yeah and I appreciate the fact that you appreciated him <laughs> appreciating yeah. MJ Tafisi well, and, and we can all appreciate and, it together. And your comment is under review. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, let's go to Mike and Everett. You're on the air on the Husky Hall postgame show. Go ahead man. Yo Mike. Yellow. I hear somebody driving. Mike, do I have you? All right, Are you let's there? Uh, I got you. Go ahead, pal. Okay, it's Mark from Everett. Mark from Everett. I'm sorry. Mark, hey, Mark, would right. you just that's be right. Mike for this call? Hey. Is that okay? Can I call you Mike? Is that all right? You know what? I can do that with a Husky right. victory, and, and we've talked for years, so uh, it, it's all good. Thank you very much for taking my call. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You know, I ain't going to rain on the parade of a Husky victory because there's no such thing as ugly victories. I used to say that years ago, but you know what? A victory is a victory is a victory. Okay? You take it, but you can also dissect it. And I'll tell you what, I'm a little concerned with Sean showing up out of nowhere. Not to mention, why aren't we running and, and getting him on screen passes on the outside? It feels like we're trying to shove his 185 pounds up the middle, and it ain't working between the tackles. I'm sorry. You know, and with Richard on the sideline, that ain't helping us. So I'm I'm definitely feeling concerned with the running game, and I have one question for you, Softy. Yeah. Please answer this. What is our identity? Well, I think Greg Lewis hit the nail on the head <laughs> in the pregame show. I think you're turning into a passing team right before your eyes. I think Jimmy Lake is a guy that's gone from wearing a hat that says run the damn ball uh, to a guy that might be passing the damn thing because they're throwing it more than they're running it. The numbers show that for sure. Yeah, and not just that they're a passing team, but they – spread the ball around a lot to a lot of guys. It's not focused on just one individual. We got a good tight end. We saw McMillan show up. Today we saw Rome show up. We've seen Bynum make plays. We saw Taj Davis make a great play on a ball. By the way, let me give some credit. Yeah. Thrown where the guy wasn't necessarily that wide open, but he threw him open. He made a good catch. So I think we've been, become a team that can throw the ball short. We can throw it deep. We can throw it long. And hopefully at some point that's going to get the defense to step back a little bit and we'll be able to find a way, find the right Jimmy or Joe to yeah. run the ball and make some plays in the running game. We just haven't been consistent in the running mm-hmm. game. And uh, uh, I would like to see us, you know, have more sideline to sideline stuff mm-hmm. and get the outside run. That's where you'd think that Sean McGrew would really be good is on the toss sweep. We did run one toss yeah. today. And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe that's an indication. But, you know, you're right. I, I think for us to have success on the season, we've got to run the ball. What was, our, what was our run total today? Softy? 30 I mean, carries, 92 yards. You know what 92 yards is? Uh, eight less than a hundred? No, it's about know. it's about two and a half quarters of Greg Lewis running the football. <laughs> <laughs> That's what ninety. Wait a minute, is. two and a half quarters of Greg yeah. Lewis right now or thirty years ago? No, back then ago? I ran for oh, about one hundred thirty okay. yards a okay. game. Okay. So that's about two and a half to three quarters Obviously of Greg Lewis now. <laughs> okay, I thought you meant right now. So the question is, the over under on how many minutes would be off the clock until your groin blew up if you played right now <laughs> at the age of fifty years old? Well, right now I probably snapped the ball and get, try to get wide and take up a little space. That's about as far as I'm going to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think Mark's question is valid, though. I mean, you know, what is their identity? And I think, I think honestly, Jimmy, if he were sitting here, he would say, well, we're a pro-style offense, mm-hmm. which means we're not going to get married to one or the other. 
We're going to be great at both. We'll do every single game what we have to do to win that game. And if we have to run the ball for 300 yards, we'll run the ball. If we have to throw it 40 times, we'll throw it 40 times. The problem is they haven't proven yet they can pound the run if they need to, if the, if the pass yeah, does get far, taken they're away. They're far from good or great in the run game right now. For let's sure. Just, let's just be honest about it. Um, I think it's several reasons. You know, obviously it always starts up front. We talked about that. I think the offensive line has gotten better. They're doing a slightly better job. I still think the guards in the center right up the core of the offense has to be better in man blocking when they do decide to go, yeah. you know, in man's uh, run schemes. I think the running backs have to do a better job. I think what um, – I think what number six was trying to say a week ago when he said, I got to do better in making something out of nothing, I don't think he was taking a shot at the offensive line. No. I really think what he was saying is, is I got to do better at breaking tackles and making the extra yards, that sort of thing. At least knowing him, I think he would say that's what he was trying to say. So they got to get better so at that. So he didn't play at all today. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So. Right. And, and then they got to be more dynamic and more multiple in their run schemes. Yeah, it can't just exactly. be the same read zone up the middle time and time again it's especially if you're going to feature the guy that weighs 175 pounds. By the way, you want to know who's in the doghouse? I'll tell you who's in the doghouse. Dom Hampton's in the doghouse. <laughs> because Dom Hampton hasn't played one snap on defense since that taunting call mm-hmm. against Michigan. He had a big hit on special yeah, teams yeah, today. Wonderful. For sure. He had a, he almost knocked the guy out of the game, for God's sakes, on that on that punt down right. here. So he's he's bringing it on special teams, and I'm sure that resonates with Jimmy. He mentioned Wednesday night how Sean McGrew playing special teams resonated with him, and that's why he put him back out there at running back. But Dom at Hampton. Number 84. Today. Right, exactly. Dominic Hampton has not played one snap on defense since that taunting call against Michigan. I was surprised he put a Dunze right back out there after that taunting call today. A different situation, obviously, right. than at Michigan, but I, w- I was certain he would put him on the bench for at least a series or two. All right, we're going to break. We'll come back. i got a bunch of calls. Scott and Chehalis, uh, Nate in Seattle. Uh, Husky Honks continue next, courtesy of your local Northwest Chevy dealers live from Husky Stadium. Dogs win at 3124 right here on 950 KJR. The Chevy Silverado Trail Boss is designed to stand out. Because when you have a two-inch lift. Out of the 50-yard line, his second interception of the day. The freakishly athletic Kyler Gordon snags it out of the night sky and gives the ball back to Washington with 131 left in the third quarter. Now back to the Coors Light Husky Honks Talk postgame. Brought to you by your Northwest Chevy dealers on your home for the Huskies. Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. All right, big thanks to our friends at Coors Light. Uh, our Honk postgame show brought to you by Frostbrew Coors Light, keeping Seattle chill. Uh, Husky alums join the Alumni Association. It's a great way to cheer on the dogs while getting UW campus benefits and discounts at local UW alum-owned businesses. Go to uwalum.com to share your passion for the purple and the gold. So one of the conversations coming out of this game why in the world would the Huskies call timeout and, and make things easier on California so they could find a way to get themselves set up for any type of game-winning field goal there? They missed it, obviously, from Longhetto from 55 yards away. was way short, had no shot of making the crossbar at all. But Jimmy Lake's explanation with the media is that there was a mistake made by the officials. And I guess what I would just ask Jimmy, and we can talk about this on Wednesday and even maybe bring it up on Monday, if there was supposed to be 
a clock run after the face mask penalty on California. Uh, uh, apparently, what I understand is the is the the coaches have two options. They can either a start the clock and then on the snap of the next play, or when the officials are ready for play to begin, meaning the clock starts to run even before the ball is snapped. And the uh, the head coach of the, the in this case Washington's defense has a chance to make that call. If that wasn't offered to him, I understand that being a mistake by the officials, but there was a play run after that even took place. So when you get to 20 seconds on third and seven from the Cal 23, it's done. It's over. You're at 20 seconds. Whether you like it or not, you've gotten the 20 seconds. Why would you call timeout right there? Well, I guess Jimmy was thinking that maybe we'll get an opportunity to block a a punt or make a good return and then kick a field goal. Yeah. Those things are pretty high, you know, or, or very low percentage of, of, of actually working through those. Things. Right. So I thought they should have just let the clock. Cal decided they were going to let the clock run out, let the clock run out, because what you did was is you gave them an opportunity to get down and get in field goal range. Thankfully, we stopped them about five yards short of getting into that range, but it could have backfired and gone the other way. Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's what his thinking was. Mm-hmm. There appeared to be enough clock left that he mm-hmm. felt he, if he goes – 30 yards, we can kick a field goal. So. Right, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be – this will be a topic of conversation on Monday for sure. There, there's no question about it because looking back on it, it just it, it, it doesn't have a lot of logic behind it, to be honest with you, why there would be a timeout called period in that situation. And again, if you, if you look up and you think there's 44 seconds on the clock or the clock should have been stopped, you can go back to the official and ask for more time. But once the next play is already run, that opportunity is now gone. It's 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 out the window. It's dead and gone, and you're talking about 20 seconds. So at that point, you have a call to make, and the fact that they made the decision at that point to call the timeout is a bit perplexing. But you won the game. You got away with it, 31-24. Huskies win. If there is a learning experience there for Jimmy Lake, is let's face it, a rookie head coach, then thank God it came in a win and not in a loss. Uh, Scott is out in Chehalis. Uh, you're on the postgame show. Scott, go ahead, man. Hey, thanks, guys, for taking my call. Uh, one comment, one question. You know, the comment would be that without McGrew and Pleasant coming back for their sixth year, and even more specifically, if they uh, hang their heads after the first two games where neither one of them play, don't play, if they're not there tonight, we're talking about a, a team that's one and three. So, you know, shout out to them for, for perseverance. My question is, is that our running game, teams do not have to game plan, respect, honor anything outside the tackles. And so how successful can we truthfully be when we just essentially shut down that part of the operation? Because we're averaging three yards just trying to plow between the guard and the center or best, you know, tackle and guard. And it's just going to be a slugfest all year when teams just load that box. So uh, hopefully they can work on that and, and we just go give it an Oregon State. Thanks, guys. Go yeah. dogs. Appreciate the call. You know what it reminded me of when the Huskies just tried to keep pounding the ball right up the gut. It was like a rugby scrum <laughs> where they knew what they were getting into and they just wanted to move the pile and then maybe boom, hit him over the top or maybe boom, get a screen to one of the sidelines. I mean, can you explain the thinking there? Because obviously they're trying to set something up at some point in the game with this continued pounding of the ball between the tackles, especially with a guy in McGrew that all of us agree is better off served in space. Well, I don't know how many times we can ask this, how many different ways. It's a new audience now, new audience. Or how many times yeah. we can answer it. Yeah. At the end of the day, 
pounding the ball in between the tackles with a 175-pound guy isn't a big recipe for success. You will get a pop here and there. Last week, McGrew, with his great feet, found a little exit lane right. out of the side and scored a touchdown. There was a time or two here, but a steady diet of Sean McGrew up the middle is not going to be successful. And even going back uh, to before McGrew was the main guy, when Richard Newton was in, he hadn't had a ton of success outside of maybe the first drive against Montana at the beginning of the year. We got to find a way to get the guys out in space, give them a different look, yeah. you know, motion. I mean, something. Something's got to look different because you can't consistently rush for less than 100 yards. Have we had a game this year where we've rushed for more than 100 yards? I don't I believe tonight so, was no. The, the, the leading yeah. at 92. We have to be able to rush for more yards if we're going to be successful in the long run. Passing team, we are – but you got to be able to run the ball in certain situations. You get up two scores in the in the second half. You got to be able to run the clock kill out, the clock kill out. the clock. So exactly. we got to get better at that. We got to figure it out. Yeah, they went for two hundred rushing against Arkansas State. If you okay. count that, yeah, you count no. the Arkansas State game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nate is in Seattle. Nate, you're on the air. Go ahead, man. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, how are you guys doing? Swell. How are you? <laughs> well, good. Uh, so, um, you know... We do need more players uh, to get into space. And we have this guy that Jimmy Lake called like the Lamborghini in Giles Jackson. And I just don't think that we're using him like we could and or we aren't using him at all. And, I mean, do some bubble screens, do some screens, get get creative with the guy. The guy is one of your best athletes on offense. And, um, and I think that he could help you immensely. I also want to share the uh, sentiments as far as the O-line and D-line really struggling, like they have to get that together because you might be able to win a game against Oregon or uh, Arkansas State, but when it comes to the big boys like, uh, you know, um, or not, uh, you know, Cal, but when you play the big boys like Oregon, I mean, you're going to get throttled. And, I mean, Jackson Kirkland just got body slammed today a couple times, and, um, you know, they've got to get better. And then I have a question um, with the Wildcat. Is there a way that they could just pull Dylan Morris off the field altogether and put like a like an extra tight end or something in there? I I mean it works uh, inside the five yard line, but um, you know if you have one extra blocker, I know it took a couple times to, in uh, in overtime for McGrew to get in. Uh, that that would match up with the the substitution. Yeah. If you took him out, yeah. if you leave him in, they have to go with the same group that they have out right. there. Right. Well, and at some point you got to maybe put a wrinkle in it, and they fake the sweep out of the wildcat. Well, We've I seen that. It's just developing. Is there a pop pass potentially sure, there for sure. that play? Is there a is there maybe a pass? Not, maybe not from a five six guy. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe somebody else is a better answer for that. But you know, look. I mean, there the, the, there are times, and I appreciate the call where I feel like they're not really trying to fool anybody. They're just trying to win a battle. 
And they know that the defense knows what's coming, and they run the damn thing anyway. Yeah, I think with the Wildcat, the, the, the thinking behind is, one, it's a read play. Sometimes if you read it and, you know, that's on, the, the, the guy can get around the corner, you give it to him. But most times – that's not the read. The guy runs it up the middle. And what the idea is by directly snapping it to him, you don't have to waste the time of the handoff of the quarterback getting it back there. Take, you get it and you go. You hit the yeah. guy in the mouth, yeah. you run downhill, you score the touchdown. I had to say, I wrote down the same question that the caller had. What mm-hmm. happened to Jackson? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's number zero. Yeah. He, he, you know, he. He, he did go on motion. They just didn't give it to him right. a, a number of times on the fly sweep. But in anything else, you know, it was like he really wasn't in the game plan like he was the yeah. last couple of weeks. Maybe that's because Rome is back mm-hmm. and, and they, they're going with a bigger group. Well, and it does feel like they're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. I mean, they it does feel like to me week to week they're almost just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what can be maybe stick around the next week. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the questions about the identity are, are uh, obviously valid. I think the questions yeah, about Dave, the – Dave, you don't need an identity. <laughs> well, you if you want to win, I think you got to be no, elite at something. You don't what is this an, team elite you at? You just need more points than the other Well, team. that's fine. <laughs> but to do that, you got to be really good at certain aspects of the game. I mean, scoring points. Okay, well, I don't know if they are good at scoring points, no, right? Not. I mean, they yeah. scored three points in the second half, and I feel like that's an issue. I, I think, well, Greg, you're right, that they had to maybe maybe hammer on the gas a little bit more, and they got maybe got kind of caught up in their own way a little bit. Well. At the beginning of the year, I think they scored, what, 10 points the first game? And yes. Yeah, right. How many we scored the right. second game? Uh, seven, something like that? They scored 17 seven. points in the, the first, first two games, games of the year. We scored more than that in the first half today. So right. the off And this defense is certainly man for man better than probably what Montana had in you know, personnel and size and all that. So they've gotten better. Right. I think what they've decided is, is that they're – a team that's going to put the ball up in the air. They're going to try to run here and there when it, you know, uh, to preserve some, you know, eat up some clock. Uh, but they're a passing team. They're a throwing team. That is their identity. That's who they're going to be. And they're yep. going to spread the ball around to multiple receivers. And that's what we're going to get. And we got to go on the road now and get a win. Yeah. And yeah. We haven't done that yet uh, this year. Uh, we've only had one road game. And so this is a monster. Uh, who would have guessed that? You got to go into Corvallis and prove who you are, but this is exactly what it is. What are you doing over there? What is that thing? Is that like your binky? <laughs> Make you feel safe? Greg's got this thing. He keeps pinching over here like he's nervous. He's got a little tick or something going on. Man, you know, I, you want to hang live, on to me? You can do that. I it's live no and die problem. with Husky football, so gotcha. you know these games get me on edge. So yeah, I'm just I'm kind of hey, decompressing trust right me, now. Are you dude? kidding me? Once we're done with this radio show, you know what I do? I get in the car, I flip on the air, wanting to hear somebody talk about Husky football. And there's nobody there. <laughs> Everyone's gone. They're all in bed. Well, first all of all, right, the like game's so damn late. You know. Okay. <laughs> People. people are going to yeah. be unbid. I get in the car. I want to do two things. I want to get myself a damn taco and hear somebody talking Husky football. <laughs> and I'm likely not going to get either one of them, by the way. So, all right, that's it for us. Huskies win at 31-24 in overtime. Lots to work on, though, heading into uh, Corvallis next week. Uh, that's, a, I believe, a 6 o'clock kickoff in Corvallis. So a late postgame show again coming up next weekend. For Chris Kidd back in the studio, everybody with a network, Tony, Kim, Elise, uh, Terry Ryan, Dick Baird, Greg Lewis, I'm Dave Softy Mahler. We'll talk about this Monday and see you at the Emerald Queen for the Seahawk game tomorrow. Uh, Dogs win 31-24 right here on 950KJR. See ya. Amazon delivery service partners are hiring full-time delivery drivers to meet growing customer demand. Delivery drivers have competitive compensation with Star... 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.